0: chris what's going on not much this is- so this is chris yeah this is chris this
1: is the man the guy i've heard the guy i've heard so little about but who does so much
0: <laughs> who you've asked like seven times who is that other guy
2: like, who the fuck is this guy man new, new guy who this? <laughs>
0: A- asl oh, asl
1: right you funny are you are you from chicago chris
2: I'm not. I'm from Boston. I'm the only person on uh, in the right time zone, I believe.
1: You funny as hell. So what time,
2: <laughs> what time is it for you right now? Uh, seven.
1: Oh, it's seven. Fourteen. Okay. Okay, so you're an hour ahead of us. Okay.
2: Yes. That Eastern Standard. Man. Life in the future is, is, is pretty good. Um, well, it's actually not that good um, because we still have this feud between Smashing Pumpkins and Smash Mouth going on. Um, oh my gosh, wait, those wait, are the wait, oldest bands in the what world. Wow! <laughs> it's, it's, you know, oh, hold on. I have, I had my joke written down. Hold on one second here. <laughs> he said
1: I had my Smash joke, no joke Smash Brothers
2: No More. That's oh. the joke.
1: Man, this Smash Brothers Ultimate is going to, man, if I ever had a reason to get a Switch, that would be the game to get it for.
2: I'm telling you, uh, dude, if Mario Odyssey is, is the real deal. That game I believe is crap. Is it good?
1: I believe it. You, did
2: sorry, you see sorry, this, sorry, this video where they kill Luigi? Yes. <laughs>
1: with the up. scythe?
2: Yes. With the scythe? Yeah. What the fuck is up with that?
1: I was like, all right, you, you motherfuckers wild. All right. This is how we moving now. Okay.
0: Uh, Music Talk is the name of this podcast, and uh, the new website is riffandrock.com. We got it. Uh, we have our. By the time this comes out, it should be launched and ready to go. The person said he's he's gonna start transferring stuff over. So I'm hoping this weekend I'm gonna be able to kick it off, and then uh, I have to episode I have episode ninety nine to edit, which is a bear. It's long, but it'll get done. Um, and then this one will come out. And uh, but we have we've done it. It's been um, about f- almost six years, but we've we made it to a hundred episodes. That's deep. <laughs> There's there's a few things I have committed to longer committed to longer in my life. Uh my significant other and this podcast and grad school are uh, about that it. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> That's matched.
1: <massive>. Yeah, really. <laughs> the Holy Trinity. Shit, how long have I been on this with you guys?
0: Uh, I think you're on two, three years at this. I story.
1: feel like it two. Yeah, I feel like three. I feel like three. I feel like three. That's-
0: I, I believe. I, let's just say, three. And Chris has been on for about a year I and a feel half like now. Six. He feels <laughs> <laughs> like a lifetime since. Oh, I've known speaking you. of
2: lifetime, so now that we're at a hundred episodes, it's syndication time. So, Lifetime, yes. if you're listening, buy the show.
1: Syndication. So we don't have to
2: make any more
0: of these.
1: <laughs> syndication time. We'll, we'll,
0: we'll come. We'll come after uh, yeah. King of Queens. Well, bet- you know, between because that's all they show. So. <laughs> in between episodes of you think but is that gonna be, is that block gonna be before or after the big bang uh
2: oh bbt um
1: y'all talking about some shit i know nothing about and i'm you don't like
0: want theory, I, promise you. I, I know a little bit about
1: big bang theory i know a little bit about
2: that
0: no no I'm, I'm just talking about your your local television station that actually has no original content it just plays reruns yeah your are
2: my tvs your Ion tv just like weird noun plus TV, and it'll be showing like Kelly's Heroes or some shit.
1: That's true. They do really have no original content. Interesting.
0: back Back in back in the Illinois sphere, it was WCIU Channel Twenty Sixty U. I think now it's me TV is what it got changed to now. Um, that's that's the story, and I don't know about here because I don't have a television hooked up. But yeah, I, I remember we would wa- I'd watch reruns of shit um they used to have like a saturday a very short-lived saturday night wwf wrestling show which was like some pre-show to like the the main monday show and they would just play it on saturdays uh i think that yeah that's about it i think judge judy played on that channel on weekdays there was an episode of it where uh, johnny rotten from the sex pistols was on there because he like punched a stage no it was, hand or it, was, something. it was um
2: it was because it was over money that he didn't pay to i believe I want to say it's Martin Atkins, but I don't think that's it. But it was one of his drummers uh, from the early '90s, uh, Public Image Limited.
0: It's pretty fascinating that like that's just this weird moment cemented in history that and Johnny he Rotten. Wins. Was, uh, when... I thought Rotten Law... Well, to be fair, this was years ago. I but I remember seeing it in like. To be fair, that was literally the first bit of the Sex Pistols I had ever heard about was this guy called Johnny Rotten was on Judge Judy and later I found out oh, he was in this seminal punk rock band. That's quite a... yeah oh, wow. There. Oh. Quite a- how, how, how about that for uh, learning history in reverse? You have some... That'd be like that'd be like learning hey, Jay-Z owns this streaming service called Title, and then you find out he was a rapper. I forgot he That's owned- probably a lot of people.
2: you forgot he title.
1: Well, he has like a huge stake in it. I don't know if he... Does he own title?
2: I mean, he's probably the only person on the board who who matters, makes decisions, or who's, whose
0: decisions matter.
1: Or whose name has any has any weight to it.
0: Yeah. It's probably like that scene from Mystery Men where it's him and then a bunch of people in multicolored teddy bear suits, or am I confusing everyone in this moment? Which show
1: is that?
0: Oh, no, there was a movie from the nineties called mystery men featuring Uma Thurman and some other person. And it's really, really bad, but there's this, there's a scene. You can find it on YouTube. It's Sean Connery, who is the villain. And it's all these other people in like different colored. Wait, no, 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 no. You're thinking, you're just, thinking
2: of the Avengers, aren't you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Not mystery. Okay. Man, the
2: Avengers. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Which has a great poster. And I, I saw this somewhere, but someone did like uh, a big collage of like, uh, uh, late eighties, early nineties Sean Connery posters, and like every poster is him just like looming. It's like him looming in the background, <laughs> looking over everything. Uh, obviously, photoshopped to get rid of those uh, those multiple chins. Yeah.
0: Chris, why is why is Sean Connery now photoshopped into our new logo?
2: Because um, he said he didn't want to. I asked him.
1: Did you make that logo? Did you make the new logo from scratch?
2: I did. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah,
1: I did. I did, yes. <laughs> when, you, when you bought the backjack and you're like, hell no. It's, this a, it's, a, collage. it's a collage. This man tastes Okay, for sure. I feel that. I feel so, that.
0: Th- so we made it to episode 100. That's I, I made that statement a bit ago. Then we got tangential. It's okay. Um, and thinking of a theme for this episode... Uh, was hard because I didn't want to do a clip show because no way in fucking hell am I gonna just wander back in time and make a clip show. That's just I I I don't got the editing power to do that. I would help um, with that. That so, just sounds dope as hell. Oh man, that'd be that'd be exhausting. That'd be so fucking. Well, if you exhausting. start now, you oh, might God, be to... uh, you might be
2: there in time for the bicentennial.
0: <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Um, but so. They, uh, when I was thinking, when we were discussing you know, what would be a good theme, a lot of ideas got floated around. But ultimately, we came up with one that, I guess, checks enough boxes for what could be a good episode 100. And it's the biggest, blackest album. <laughs> um, there are many black albums. You have Boyd Rice, The Damned, uh, a, couple, the, uh, a bootleg recording from The Beatles, The Dandy Warhols. Um, Planxty, technically Noy75 is also can be referred to as a black album. Uh, Kino, and you could could, uh, not discount Smell the Glove by Spinal Tap, a fake album that doesn't exist, but was a black album. But for this episode, we kind of went with three of the most well-known. Well, two of the most well-known, and one that's sort of a uh, legendary album in its own right. So we have the black albums from Prince, Jay-Z, and... Metallica, which two of them are uh, some of the best-selling albums of all time, and one was dubbed Evil, pulled from shelves, and then kind of quietly released later down the line. We'll get to there in a minute. But I wanted to start off, if with, with everyone's blessing, with Metallica's Black Album, which I had not listened to in about f- probably f- 17 years. Uh, it got released in 1991, uh, I had a copy of it on CD. It was one of the first CDs I ever purchased. Um played it, listened to it a, a lot, and it it's a, it's an interesting album historically on multiple levels. Um number one, this is sort of the this is the first Metallica album to step away from their th- very thrashy early history. Um It is one that hardcore Metallica fans lament as sort of a beginning of a very bad era, but on the flip side, this is one of the best-selling albums of all time. Of all time. One of the biggest uh, album releases ever, definitely of the 90s, um, has five singles. It is yeah. a juggernaut of an album, Love It or Hate It. So it's got this weird uh, polarity of being one of the biggest-selling, one of the most popular albums ever released, and also hated by the most hardcore fans. So I, that this is the weird context we're sitting under. Or over, as we discussed this. But what did you guys think of Metallica's Black album?
2: Is it? I, I gotta ask first: Is this Metallica's second appearance on this podcast, apart from Lulu? No, this okay. is their
0: third. So, and here, and so here's the here's where it gets kind of funny: is Tangelo here has never listened to any other Metallica album up until about six months to a year ago, and we had him listen to the the, the most recent one, Hardwired. Mm. So he is he has heard Hardwired, he's heard The Black album, and then we um, have listened to Lulu. So it's a ve- we're have a very weird sporadic offering of Metallica albums on this show.
1: Hundred percent Because, you know that stuff is you know, I don't be I'm not I'm not out here searching for Metallica, I'll say that.
0: <laughs> well and and so I was kind of confused, T'Angelo, because you said before you got into rap music you were actually pretty big into rock music, and so I figured you would have been familiar with this. Cause this was like I know you're a couple of years younger than me, but for like anyone that kinda grew up had some youth in the nineties, this was like a and was a, into rock music, this was like a must own album because you just heard all these songs on the radio. It was just it was a humongous album at its time. This,
1: this and and my response to that is I was definitely listening to your more popular rock bands. I wasn't listening to your Metallica was always like Heavy rock to me. That was the rock that I wasn't necessarily leaning towards. I was listening to like the Fallout, the, you know, the Fallout Boy mm-hmm. generation. So, like Panic of the Disco, Fallout Boy, Weezer. So, th- those were the bands I was more so leaning towards. This Metallica was too much for me. Shit still is too much for me. Shit, i would be listening <laughs> to shit and I was like, I don't know what the fuck these motherfuckers got me listening to. I don't know what this shit is, but you know me, man. I, I I give if we all choose as we all choose our albums, I make y'all listen to everyone. So,
0: so I I want to clarify, mm-hmm. this was from 1991 to 2014, according, in the quote Nielsen SoundScan era of album sales. This is the best selling album ever. Um, Wait, what is the what is the date out, range? Uh, from 91 to 2014, wow. which is where this is tracked. It is the third longest. Charting album on Billboard 200 behind Pink Floyd's *Dark of Side of the Moon* and Carole King's okay.
2: *Tapestry*. Carole King, interesting, interesting.
0: In twenty in two, and in two thousand nine, it surpassed Shania Twain's *Come On Over* to become the best-selling <laughs> album. I haven't
2: thought about that song forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just, just, and I want to put because there's a lot of this is really interesting because this is the top talent the top ten list they have on here, so. And and I just and I say this because I want to point out how bizarre of an outlier this is. So it's Metallica's Black album, then Shania Twain's Come On Over, which has been forgotten. Jagged Little Pill by Ooh. Alanis Morissette. The Beatles one compilation, oh. not even like a Beatles. Hey, album, that that like was
2: my first album. CD. No, that was that was like my second CD.
0: Right, but like I mean, so I get it's big. Uh, Backstreet Boys is Millennium, the soundtrack to the Bodyguard.
1: So this is so this is across all genres. Okay. Right.
0: Yeah, I think like pop, pop I'd say popular music genres. Uh Santana's Supernatural, Creed's Human Clay, Bob Marley and the Wailers Legend, and No Strings Attached by NSync. What a list. Wow. That is a <laughs> erratic list that only indicates that America's music listeners are drunk. There's no
2: safe, <laughs> There's no safe spot for me in there. I don't know about you guys.
1: And <laughs> Sync Through, Salute to NSync. You know, they they definitely put their time in, but I I definitely was surprised when you said NSync. But then I think about it, I'm like, those guys really did have a run. Like, they really did have a run. Like, they they were the biggest and brightest for years.
0: But it's, so I just, I again, this, this is the context we're dealing with. Is this is one of the, this is probably the best-selling albums ever. And it's, it's which to me is insane. When you listen to this album, that conceptually is insane. Yeah. Anyway, what did you guys think of the album?
1: I can I can go first. Yeah, go first. Um I don't necessarily I feel like just like last time. It was I went into it just literally just like open ears, like let's just give these guys a chance. Just like last time. And the con this one felt way different than the last one that I listened to. Way different.
0: Yes. And what and and what you listen to with Hardwired is very much a a callback to their first I think it was three or four albums. So this this is that that's what the classic Metallica sound sound was, and then all of a sudden this is what they came out with and starting of the nineties.
1: And the fact that it sold so well is confusing. If they're if they're if, if they going <laughs> if they're going away from their normal base, and this is and this and it sold as well as it did, you know. Uh, well, so I want to preface this. I Spotify does not have this album. They have playlists of this album. Hmm. So from 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 my sources, um, unless I was missing it, uh, I only liked one song <laughs> like that. And, and on top of that, you tell me if it was really on the album or not
2: through the. <laughs> Through the Never? <laughs> through the Never? I don't think that was on the album. See? It, yes it is. It, it is. is. It is. Okay. No, through the
0: Never Through the Through the Never is. It is. Okay,
1: I listened, you know, that was this one song that I was like I would listen to this again. The other stuff it was like I don't know it's conf- like the content threw me off. Like one of the songs was like I feel like he was talking about you shouldn't be my friend. Um there's like better stuff in the world, and I was just like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man? Why is why is this what y'all talking about? I like I was like, this music confuses the shit out of me." And again, I'll preface saying I listen to a lot of hip hop and rap, and 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 some pop music. Even though hip hop and rap is technically pop music nowadays that's what I majority listen to. That's what that's what most of my, that, when it comes to music, that's what I'm listening to. So when I step out of these other, my, out of that realm into these other genres, it's always so interesting to hear what they talk about. Because people oftentimes talk about how bad the content is of like hip hop and rap, especially currently about the drugs and whatnot. But then I listen to this shit and I'm like, these motherfuckers was depressed. It was, some, it was some real pain going on. Like that singer, when he was singing these songs, I'm like, dang, bro, you, go, you been to a psychologist lately? Or a therapist? You know what I mean? You been getting the help you need, brother? Like, was?
0: No, but he, he would go to a therapist later in the oh, yeah. film, some kind of monster.
1: See? See? I, I, he needed that. He needed that. Even <laughs> though it was a movie, he needed that. Oh,
0: no,
2: it's
1: a oh, documentary. documentary. Okay. He, okay. So he got what he needed. Okay.
2: Oh my god! If like Metallica <laughs> did like a Kiss meets the Phantom, or like like Kiss meets the Phantom meets yeah. Get Shorty, that would be incredible. Right. Starring Metallica. Oh fuck. my
0: god! I would love this
1: film. Y'all oh. lost the shit out of me. I don't know oh what the fuck god. y'all talking about. What What are any of those things you said? Are those bands or albums?
2: Oh uh, well, Kiss well, meets the Phantom is a movie that the band Kiss made in '76.
1: Oh, that's that really weird, that's a really weird movie. Didn't he have like all the makeup on his face and shit?
2: Oh, well, I mean, makeup is part for the course with these guys, but yeah.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm thinking of the right thing, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Was it,
1: was it like was one of them like a really bad guy and it was wasn't like like weird like, not like
2: puppets, but like some shit.
1: Am I thinking of the right thing?
2: I mean, if it has members of KISS, most of it takes place outside and it looks horribly produced, then yeah, it's that movie.
1: I'm gonna Google that shit. What is it called again?
2: Kiss meets the Phantom in the Park.
1: There it is. Damn! All I had to write is "Kiss meets," and then Google <laughs> picked that shit up quick don't as hell. A lot
2: of people—they're weird guys.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, these motherfuckers. Oh yeah, these mm-hmm. are. Oh, these are. Okay, okay.
2: And then Get Shorty is a, a Billy Crystal movie that couldn't be uh, couldn't be more different from Kiss meets the Phantom. Um. But yeah, you 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 said before how you were surprised that that this album sold so well, and I guess in the context of like the Metallica fan base, um, I can kind of agree with you. But at the same time, and this might be like a hindsight is twenty twenty type thing, but mm-hmm. um, it sort of lays the groundwork for like what hard rock radio in the mid to late nineties is. Like, there's definitely a through line that you can see through this album um, into that, and. Um, I thought, I thought this album was okay. Uh, you know, Metallica is, is really uh, not my cup of tea, but at the same time, you know, as I just said, it's, it's you know, FM radio, hard rock, so it's not, like, super offensive or anything like that. And honestly, I was a little bit surprised because um, this was my first listen to this. I'd obviously heard the radio tracks, um, you know, Enter Sandman. It's a pretty good song. You
0: had heard half the album. Yeah. Well,
2: uh, uh, well, by radio tracks I mean "Enter Sandman" and "Nothing Else Matters," which is a song that I will go to the grave making fun of, um, just because of that vocal delivery, those uh, those 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 crooning tones of of Mister Hatfield. Um, <laughs> the one track that I wasn't that much of a fan of was "The Struggle Within." Um, I I just think that there's something. And I, I, I should I should change that. The I didn't like the intro of it. I don't like, like any song that has like a military marching beat uh, gets an instant eye roll from me. Um, and so that happened in this case. But um, one of the surprises on this album, apart from uh, the you know acoustic song, nothing else matters, was the uh, Ennio Morricone influenced One the Unforgiven, um, which I I don't think that's a reference to the film. Um, Unforgiven, that that great Clint Eastwood Western film. Um, I think that came out after the fact, so who knows? Maybe maybe Clint was tipping his hat to Metallica, if, if there could be such a thing. Um, and also, I have to take points off for of this album, because this album is not called The Black Album.
0: <laughs> well, this yes, a black self-titled.
2: album. It shouldn't even be here. But... Um, Got a little shout out to uh, New Hampshire with Don't Tread On Me. <laughs> I appreciated that, <laughs> being a New Englander. Um, and yeah, I would, I would describe this album as like a, a three-way mix. You got some, you got the, the new Metallica sound that everybody hated. Um, you have some tracks where they're still sort of holding on to that thrash vibe. Um, Don't Tread On Me being one of them. Um, and then you have the, uh, the softer songs. Uh, nothing Else Matters and Unforgiven. Right. Uh,
0: and, and so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was
2: done. I was trying well, to get him out.
0: Well, and you so that's why, I you know, I, I say I'm surprised more that because this album is kind of a weird, erratic mishmash of songs. But I think it's because of that is partly why I totally understand why this album sold well. And you you made, a, you made a super valid point that this album is a through line for any 90s hard rock and even today hard rock radio station. You will give yourself 20 minutes of just turning the radio dial, and I bet you within 20 minutes to an hour, you're going to hear one of the five singles from this album. I would bet you well,
2: Probably understand. Wow.
0: Especially if you're driving through rural Wisconsin, you will hear nothing else matters at one oh, yeah. point during the oh, day. Yeah. That's six and a half minutes <laughs> of Having your life you won't plenty- get back. Exactly. Ha- having worked in plenty of um semi-rural Wisconsin jails, I promise you nearly every time I would go into the officer station, I would hear a fucking song from Metallica's Black Album at some point. These are so and so th- these are like quintessential hard rock songs that paved a very bizarre road for the 90s where heavy rock actually kind of really had this big resurgence. Um I don't know if I'm so bold to say this sort of gave birth eventually to the new metal of the later of later in the decade. I don't think I'm that bold in declaring that, but this gave way to a lot of, of popularizing a lot of different music um that I think wouldn't have gotten as much attention. Um I Chris you might help me with my dates, but this being released in 91, this sort of predates the big grunge movement, right? Or is it like It's it's at the same time I was never mind Came out in 91. So I think that also helps it, is that this, you know, the grunge movement's going on, um, so and so people are into that, this kind of can buoy that, they're buoying each other, so I think it, it makes sense in one regard of, like, this is, I think, I would almost call it like pop metal in a way, um, mostly songs, because a lot of early Metallica songs are very long and exhausting and have, like, 600 guitar solos in them and are... Thrashy as shit, where these are except for the unforgiven and nothing else matters, which drag on to infinity. Um, these are pretty concise, well crafted verse course verse songs, they're just heavy. So, I'm yeah. not shocked that because and I'm so you probably have this the bastion of old Metallica fans who bought this album and then what went what the fuck um, and then cut their mullets <laughs> off and threw out their acid wash jeans. Um, then you have the, you have the consortium of people who are just like, Oh, I heard enter salmon. I will buy the, the CD or the cassette. Or then you probably have another group of people that are like, I heard the unforgiven or nothing else matters, which are pretty schlocky ballads. And they, but like there, I could see how this marketed to so many different people. It's just, it's very weird in hindsight. Cause if this album came out in 2018, it would sell. I mean, regarding the whole album sales issue, it would never have done as well. it, it it was a weird moment for this album to come out, and so it's an interesting piece of history.
2: I would, yeah, definitely. Like, this is... Um, it has cemented itself into the, you know, lexicon of, of Western popular music. Um, and rightfully so. You know, rightfully so. I'm not gonna... Just because I, you know, I'm not into Metallica doesn't mean that I think that they should, uh, you know, not get that kind of recognition. Agreed. Um, one... <laughs> One interesting thing that I I feel I should bring up is that uh, I guess that like Metallica fans were so incensed by uh, the the producer Bob Rock, who was obviously picked because of his last name. They're like, guys, we gotta get like <laughs> we gotta get some we gotta get we gotta get some real rock cred in here. Um, Dave Metal was I out. Ge- oh yeah, Dave Dave Metal. Yeah, he was he was on hiatus. Um, but I guess that. Oh, well, Wikipedia says it was after St. Anger, so it might have been a result of St. Anger, but I guess uh, the the backlash on that was so bad that there was a petition signed to banish Bob Rock from any Metallica project, and um, Rock went on record saying that it made his children upset, (laughs) which is just such a bizarre (laughs) set of occurrences. Well,
0: it's... I... It makes sense to me because this, um, as you know, set off a near fifth nah, about a decade and a half period where people were like actively like hated Metallica. Like it was a decade and a half period of Metallica having weird misfire after weird misfire. Uh, from the Load, Reload, Saint Anger, Some Kind of Monster, the or- the orchestral album, what SNM I think it was called. Um, Death Magnetic. Death, Ma- Death Magnetic was at least like somewhat of a return to form, but it was produced so terribly that like it's unforgivable. Um, so it's also, this album was sort of a warning sign that they were not super interested in what their old fans necessarily wanted. They were going to do their own thing, whether that was just creatively or they were chasing money, I don't know. Um, and it just, it's a very bizarre beginning to a bizarre period, but they made a fucking mountain of money off this album. So they were probably like, I do not give a shit.
2: I don't think they were chasing money because like, can you, I can't think of any, um, contemporary albums that sort of sound like this. Although like, I'm definitely not really well versed in the metal scene. Um, but nothing really comes to mind.
1: That's why my ass say? so damn silent. <laughs> I said cosine. That's why my ass so damn silent. I don't know well, what the fuck y'all talking about. Well, I I met, I met more later. on. I, I, just I,
0: I met later on because like then you have Elms like load and reload, which definitely seemed to kind of try and borrow from grunge and. Oh yeah,
2: that after this definitely. Yes, that's... I, I thought I thought you were talking about
0: this. Album. No, this one it's its own little weird thing where I think they were like, hey, we can try and do something else, and it just bizarrely worked brilliantly. Um, I think no one anticipated it. And then all of a sudden they're like, holy shit, what do we do now? Yeah, it's, it's sort of a good, um, or it's one of the better examples
2: of, uh, you know, a skin shedding by a band. Right. Um, I read a comparison to, uh, Bob Dylan going electric, which is not as insulting in truth as it, as it may sound coming out. Um, you know, I certainly see a line there like when, you know, miles went electric, Right. um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it I would say that it, it worked even better though, just because of, I, yeah, I would, yeah, I think I would say that this is probably the best example of that just because of how, um, like this, this album definitely catapulted them way past where they were before. Yes. And, um, I'm not enough of a Metallica fan to really, you know, uh, point out where they were, um, in terms of like being relevant before this um you know obviously they were a name and uh thrash metal and shit like that but uh this album definitely makes them a household name um and uh you know it's it's easy to see why cuz you know some of these some of these tracks have some catchy choruses like sad but true um that's a pretty cool chorus yeah. i guess as I, far I, as 90s metal goes
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean that was what i was going to say is I don't hate this album. I went into this fully anticipating I was just going to have the worst experience. Oh, before. yeah. But yeah. I was like, you know what? The, Henter Salmon is schlocky. I will... I mean, it's... it's the, even But when, it's good! With even, like, the, the prayer in the middle of it, the night... T- like, oh, the, yeah. I forgot like, about oh, the prayer. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, be- <laughs> but beyond that, like... I was like, most of these songs are fine, and it's a it's a wide variety of stuff. You do you have ballads, you have thrashy songs, you got you know. Um, the only thing I really, really got annoyed by is Lars Ulrich's drumming is repugnant, um, and the mixing that the mixing on his snare drum is once again just f- straight foul. But beyond that, I was like, it's fine. It's a good record.
2: Yeah, I, I wasn't that into the mixing either i would say that bob rock should get you know chastised for that as opposed to just like uh you know heralding a new sound just just not doing that good of a job bob you're on notice that's right
0: (laughs) so it's 17 (laughs) years later Would either of you say hey here's an album from back when you should check out it's called metallica's black album or metallica's self-titled album with a snake on it
2: I mean, I wouldn't, but I don't think you'd need to. Like you know, like I said, it's this thing is ingrained in in popular music, so it, it, it's it's just it's not going anywhere. No matter what we do, no matter how hard we push, no matter how hard we resist.
0: Well, it, it be- be- because how album sales are now, no no album will ever outsell this album. There will never be an album. A new album will never come out that outsells this. I was I was going to say. How many did it sell? Sixteen
2: million. Ooh yeah that's a lot and this is this is like probably a few years before uh cdrw is like a commercial thing right um which we all know metallica is a fan of uh, <laughs> but uh yeah uh it's 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 not going anywhere so <laughs> here we are
1: simple as that
0: it's it's so bizarre, because... It's sad but true, dare I oh, say. Oh, shit, nope, that's it. I can't talk anymore about this album. I can't, it's too good, it's too good. T'Angelo, do me a favor, intro Jay-Z's The Black Album.
1: Okay, man, thank you, sir. I've been waiting for somebody to tag me in, like, Tag me in, coach! Tag me in! Tag me in! I Just, just tag me in, coach, I'm ready! Just tag me in! Shit. Yeah. I'm like I don't know what the fuck these guys talking about. I'm sitting over here twiddling my thumbs, like damn. I wanna I wanna talk. I don't know shit about this shit right here. They good. They they in it. I I couldn't even stop y'all. I was like they in it. T just chill, bro. Just chill. They in it. <laughs> y'all was having some real moments, man. It's, I'm sure it's gonna be some gems. When uh, when Alice goes back and uh, listens to this shit, like man, we talked about some good shit. Well, the, ba- I'm the a, best part
0: a... is—I
2: mean, if by gems you mean like the conflict diamonds that like people smuggle in their buttholes, then like they...
1: <laughs> <laughs> me, a, a weird motherfucker, man. you a weird motherfucker, man.
2: <laughs> oh, sure. Let me. Let me... Just you wait just you wait till we get
1: to Prince, then then Oh my Oh Prince that motherfucker had some weird shit. That super funky song, I was like, What the fuck? Prince use a wild boy.
0: Shit. So that
1: motherfucker was saying some shit man. Can we fuck can we go to Prince first?
0: Sure, fuck it, let's go to Prince. Cause we're, we're on you know road. what I'm saying? Um
1: man, this motherfucker Prince was wild.
2: Alright, break out your okay. cards. We're talking about Prince.
1: Oh my gosh, man. Is this this is- and and the crazy thing is like I hate when some people like try to say, "Oh, Prince was Prince was gay. He was that." I was like, "Prince was probably a bisexual man that just loved sex." Yeah.
0: Prince
1: you know Prince what I'm saying? Was- like You know what I'm saying? Like he just enjoyed sexual experiences. Oh, okay, hold on. You know hold on, I, mean? hold on. I
0: have to interject because I do not believe Prince enjoyed sexual experiences. I believe he enjoyed fucking. That man <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
2: Oh
1: shit <laughs> You never wanna yeah. to talk the to podcast with that with that clip right there. Oh. This how we started. No. Prince Enjoyed Fucking.
0: That's the, t- that's the title of the episode. That's going to be the title of the episode.
1: Prince Enjoyed Fucking.
0: Darius, <laughs> you listen to this, because this, al- is, one the- this is one of the more foul of his albums, I- from the- from my experience with Prince. This is one of the more foul of him. And there's no point where Prince is having some nice coitus with you. He is like, I am fucking coated in pussy juice. <laughs> <And he's-
1: laughs> Alice, who are you
0: talking to <laughs>
1: i never heard you talk about it. the things prince will bring out alex
2: it is foul <laughs> this shit is foul.
1: But- oh my god <laughs> I, I listened
2: to this album when i was mowing the lawn it was one of the most bizarre like, listening experiences i've ever had in my life
0: <laughs> <laughs> so but like to to, oh, to, see, shit. Um, to get a quick uh intro on this one uh Prince in 1987 was all set to release this album called The Black Album. And the idea was it wasn't actually called The Black Album. Was he was going to release an album with no cover, no title, no indication that it was him. Just put it on record shelves and just go, here, here. Like, he was going to do a legit Spinal Tap, which was just put out of all Black Album with nothing on top, with nothing on it. Um, mm. A few copies, promo copies of the album did get out. Uh, But very shortly before the album was due to fully release, he declared that the album was quote-unquote evil and said, I am not releasing this album. He instead released Love Sexy, which is its own little weird thing for another day because it's one single uh, song for 45 minutes. Um
2: Oh, is it? I didn't know he did anything like that.
0: Technically, it's multiple songs, but when he releases it, when he releases it, it's like, no, it's one big song, and if you... Di- so it's like a suite. Yes, it's sort So yeah, but anyway, so he releases that, and then... Uh... If my understanding is correct, correct. About seven years later, they actually did an official release of the Black Album, where in fact you could trade in your boot. Because this album was pretty heavily bootlegged at the time; it was one of the most bootlegged albums of all time when it was at in that period. You could trade in your bootleg copy of the Black Album to get a legit copy of the Black Album.
1: Wow!
0: So interesting gimmick. And I wonder where they got the money for that.
2: Or where they got? I wonder if that was like a Prince, because I read that too. But I, it didn't say if it was a Prince thing or if it was a billboard thing. I have
0: no idea. Um, but the other thing that was kind of so, in just a, one more, then uh, one more piece on it. So the idea was he felt his most recent stuff had been too pop oriented. He wanted this album to kind of repull his African American audience, sort of a, a, uh, in that sense. And also, you can, as you can tell. Um, this was also the area where he fucking hated rap music because he takes some pretty strong swings at them Um, but anyway T'Angelo you seem geeked to talk about this orgasm in audio format tell me all about it
1: I love how hard you said it
2: it
1: sounded like you said the old dance that people used to do yeet what you doing yeet (laughs) Oh, <laughs> but you definitely did not say that. Oh, I just had a real flashback to my early Alpha days. Oh man. Okay. So Prince, because y'all don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, that's how I, how you guys feel right now is how I felt the whole time you were talking about Metallica. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he
2: talking about? Hey, that's dude, exactly how I felt. <laughs> I, I, am, I am, I'm not on the sidelines of Metallica here. <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, I'm outside of the, I'm outside of the stadium, and a ball has hit my car. And that's that's where I'm at with Metallica. That will be the longest. take my line in the sand. That
0: will be the longest Chris and I ever talk about Metallica for the rest of our lives.
2: Uh, unless they do Lulu Part 2, unless we get like unedited. Oh stuff, my God. We gotta go back in. Yeah. But anyway, got- back to Prince. Back to Prince. <laughs> back to Prince. <laughs> back to Prince I, see,
1: you guys were already about to do it again. You're already about to be talking about some Lulu Part 2. No, all you had to do was bring it back up, and you guys fell into the fucking hole again. You guys were easily about to take off. Oh, my but gosh, we're, man.
2: We're back to Le Grind.
1: Yes, so legrind Grind. So, I, you know, Alex, you know, I, I always say my, you know, three or four favorite songs from a project. This song, this project didn't have a ton of songs, but they were almost, were all the songs over six minutes? I think so. I feel like they were all over six minutes.
0: Dead On It and When Two Are In Love and Rock Heart. Actually, only three of the songs are over six minutes.
1: Only three of the songs? But it's only, like, it was only eight
0: songs, eight songs yeah. right? Yeah. yeah,
1: eight songs. Okay, um, you know, so that's that's you know, but uh, La Grind is my favorite. Uh, Bob George and Super Funky, even though Super Funky has a long fucking title, I'm not saying that shit. I'm just saying Super Funky. Um, so I I will preface what I'm about to say next as I like Prince, but I am not a stand for Prince. I do not, like, when people say, oh, Prince is better than Michael Jackson, I lick you dead in your face and I want to smack you in your mouth. Ooh. So I, 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 I am, like, I hate when people say that shit. I'm like, what? Motherfucker, you crazy. Michael Jackson over Prince any day, but that's a whole other conversation. But Prince, it, so t- to be completely honest, I probably only listened to, like, two Prince albums in my life. It was this... And the, and the, uh, Is it Purple Rain, yeah. one of the albums? Oh, yeah. Yes.
2: Purple Rain's the big one.
1: Yeah, so I've listened to Purple Rain and this. All his other stuff I have not listened to because I've I'm just... I'm just I was, you know, I told you about my upbringing. Like This type of music was not a part of what you heard in my household. No, your
0: parents would have so, blown this album up.
1: My parents can't even hear, motherfucker. They, they would, have, would have never played this They would have sensed kid.
0: it. They would have been like, this sound- <laughs> <piano that> sounds... <laughs> They've been like, oh God, it feels perverted oh, in here geez. and I don't know why.
1: He said they would have sensed it, type shit. Oh, <laughs> so, Kyle, just so you know, just because you won't know this, both my parents are deaf. That's why he said sensed it. So that's okay. what, yeah. So, so just I a thought you were, I, My name, name
2: is also Chris. I thought you were talking to like a roommate or somebody. Uh, <laughs> Someone just sitting next to you, like, don't worry, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Your name is Kyle or Chris? <laughs> Chris. Chris, so
1: I've been sitting here, I feel like I've said Kyle like three times. That's
2: the, that's the first time I've heard it, so you only get one demerit.
1: Okay, excellent. Okay, Chris, my fault. Just so everybody else knows, this is the first time we've all been at, us three have been on a podcast together. Usually it's Alex and Chris. I have never been on a, a podcast with Chris, so forgive me for not remembering his name off top, <laughs> but that's that is my only demerit, as you said. So, Chris... La- oh, well, Lagrange? or Was it Lagrange or Lagrange?
2: <laughs> Lagrange. is
0: the ZZ Top song. <laughs> Could not be farther from the south. It may also be a car, but no, it's Lagrange.
1: Lagrange. Okay. So when I put this song on, I'm listening. I was like, "This shit sounds cool as hell," and I was like, "This shit sounds pretty sexual." And I was like, <laughs> I-, "I was like, I don't, I don't really know what." i'm listening to right now but i'm i'm, I'm rolling right i'm just listening that Bo- bob george is a song where he was talking the whole time in that like sensual voice right yeah like i feel like you i feel like if you got a woman coming to your house and you never met her before well excuse me not that you never met her before it's a booty call <laughs> that's 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 called rape y'all that's called rape so she she come in the house you put this music on and I feel like she instantly knows what the fuck you're trying to do.
0: Oh, it's it's very apparent.
1: You know what I'm saying? And and, and if she look at you and she be like, "This what we on?" Just say, "Let me play super funky," so you know what we really talking about.
2: <laughs> as long as you don't play Bob George, which is like very very abusive guy. This Bob George.
1: It it, it did feel like that, right? But it was like mad sexual. Oh yeah. T- you know what I'm saying? So this whole album was mad, clearly mad sexual i i recommend listening to it just because it's it's just left as a bitch like as soon as i as soon as i see uh kahina tomorrow i'm just gonna put on one of these songs like hey <laughs> you, both of you guys oh fuck you guys man you guys get the fucking joke i guess chris doesn't know kahina's kahina's my fine my fiance chris so you would know that okay. shit but alex you should have fucking laughed when i, I said that shit I got,
0: i'm so fuck overwhelmed you, right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck you, man. Who's next? Chris Alex, take it to take it to the fucking oh, road. Oh
0: man, so this, this I, al- how do you feel about this fucking I album? I love this album because it is just fucking foul. It is just so so foul. Um, not my favorite Prince album. Purple Rain is my favorite Prince album. I, it, there's a reason it's so well loved, and I think it's just one of the most perfect pop albums ever conceived. Um, uh, I agree, La is fantastic. The, the the little bass line that's that goes through it. That wah wah wah! It's just so cool. It's so so cool. Um, and yeah, it just it just, just total erotic nonsense. Um, one thing that's you, you might be might find interesting, and this is partly why I actually put Prince above Michael Jackson. Prince played every instrument on this album except for the drums on two mm, United for West Compton." Um, otherwise, he does all the in- it, Everything else is him. He plays all the guitars, the synthesizers. Uh, bass is drums everything else is, is, is him and so that's why I always give Prince a lot of credit is because pretty much everything you're hearing is just him playing these instruments and then layering them on top of them which is partly why I found track 7 so number one uh, that's just a really cool song it's this is awesome sort of 80s fused jam jazz se- session but it's him obviously composing the song like he recorded one part then he records another part records another part oh, I think that's great um this album is completely unhinged, especially for 1987 standards. Uh, you have a song like Cindy C, where he is I th- basically sexually accosting, I believe, Cindy Crawford. And there's oh, a yeah. part in there where he just, like, you hear the parts like, Cindy, what? You want to be with me? And, like, they're screaming back and forth at each other, and it makes no sense whatsoever. Um there is a line on the song Dead On It where he says something to the extent of women love it when you lick their knees, try it once. Uh, Just shit like this is just peppered throughout the album and it is in... Or Rock Hard in a Funky Place, which clearly Rock Hard is describing his cock. Um, Really? uh, (laughs) There's a few subtle clues. (laughs) Alex, your vulgarity right now is blowing my fucking mind, man. (laughs) It is just like... This album is just... Or super, calif- super funky, just sexy. Like the, everything about it is just like we are about to enter a smush pile. It is just radiating it. Um, but there's some really cool moments on this album. The compositions are actually really catchy. Uh, I can kind of see where he's describing, like he's trying to kind of make a ho- uh, callback to uh, his older music and trying to appeal to an African American audience because there's definitely a stronger funk element in this. And so. Um, sort of some soul-ish elements especially in the song when two are in love uh, throughout the album um overall though i think in a way it's it's there's a naivete in his declaration because he is say, he's saying this but at the same time he has a song dead on it where he's describing all MCs as tone deaf and that they're like bad at their job and they suck at his musicians and clearly in 87 rap music is i believe the chronic is out at this point or is just it's maybe a
2: oh no not no way.
0: oh, i what chronic was not chronic, like not, chronic is like five years away. Just kidding, I don't know what I'm talking about, but rap music in it's is starting to really bubble to the surface is becoming a more mainstream genre. It's no longer just uh very niche. Um, so I think he's he's clearly behind the wave at that point and he's in, in a way because I knew this about Prince is that he was very anti- rap for a long time. He seems like the grumpy grandpa that's like, get get you, you kids get off my lawn when he's makes oh, yeah. statements like that. Yeah. Or old man yells at cloud. Um, it's uh, so in that regard, I think there's there's sort of a he's kind of a little lost. But overall, I think it's a really interesting album. Uh, I kind of get because this is around the era where he started becoming much more religious, um, and eventually became a mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witness later on. I could definitely see why he did not release it because he probably recorded it and then listened to it and was like, um, what did I just do, guys? I've made a horrible, horrible mistake. Mm. And he pulled a big lever that said, that was said album releases, and he pulled it down. He said, Stop the album release. And then a bunch of lights came on. And anyway, I'm just making shit up now. Anyway, Chris, <laughs> the legendary Black album or the Funk Bible, as it sometimes is called.
2: Um, you know, I was ready to roast all three of these albums. Um, <laughs> and. Prince is is the one that the the grills were the hottest for. Um, however, it's like it's it's like that one friend you have who like wiles out all the time, and you're like, I know that they're wiling out all the time, and they're a handful, but I still love them. And I kind of had this that relationship with this album. Um, I I don't I don't like this album. Uh, I don't like this music. I think that the production, the production is basically a poster child for everything that I hate about eighties production. It's all here. Um, what do super, you hate about
1: eighties production? Uh,
2: the t- the thinness. There's no there's no chutzpah, as as my people say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it it. it like like uh, super funky, for instance, I think is the one, or no, it's uh, West Compton is the one where like it sounds like it's on like the Sonic Two soundtrack. Um, it really
0: does. That's a really yeah. Fa- <laughs>
2: like as, as soon as I heard it, I was like, "This is this is this is the song from a game on like the the fucking Saturn or some shit."
0: It's got like the fake record um, scratches and everything.
2: Yep. Uh, and and then Rock Hard in a Funky Place, which has the line. I think it's that one that has the line, can't can't let a good erection go to waste. Um, or no, it would be a shame <laughs> to let a good erection go to waste. Um, to which I say, how many bad erections did you have, Prince? Like, what's what's going on down there?
0: I just, I worry <laughs> that, like, he's in a board meeting somewhere and he gets, well, not anymore because he's dead, but back, back in the 80s, he's in yes, some please. major label board meeting. He gets up and, like, Prince, what are you doing? He's like, can't let a good erection go to waste. He just leaves the office. <laughs>
2: i thought i thought that was gonna go to like me too territory but i'm glad that you had him leave the office at least yeah. oh, um, my
0: god. no i think he just uh, he just rubbed one out in a bathroom stall <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what an image <laughs> uh, um i just have
1: no words i have no words to that
2: uh, Bob George, as I said before, it's a hard listen in in the context of 2018, given all the things that are happening in the entertainment industry. Um, A a lot of this album, I would say that way, Uh, which is kind of a a sticky thing to um, talk about, because you know this is this is Prince we're talking about. He's expressing his worldview, Um, but at the same time, it is it is quite a this is a spicy meatball, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, Dead On It uh, I didn't like even though it is a satire on hip hop from that era which I also don't like because it's all uh, my name is rapping Chris and I'm here to say I like to rap in a different way um, and that song sort of you know takes that beat that you know a thousand in a million fucking trillion rap songs have, have all taken and I guess that's the idea um, if, he's, if he's doing a parody there um yeah, I, I, you know, I really th- those are that that pretty much encompasses my views on this. I don't like the the production is really thin. Um, it sounds like Sonic, and uh, it's it's very sexy, and <laughs> that's it. And I, you know, I really I've 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 never really been able to get into Prince. Like there there are a couple songs of his that I like. Um, I like when doves cry uh, specifically. Thanks to Hometown Hero, DeAnthony Parks using some of those same drum samples uh, in the band Bosnian Rainbows. Yep, and um,
0: that drum samples throughout uh, that Prince album.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, But this, this I had, and you know, he some of his guitar playing is okay, but on this album, um, it's a lot more ingrained into that '80s aesthetic. Um, You know, you said before that this was sort of a an attempt to win back the audience that he felt that he lost. And um you can kind of see that here um I don't know too much about 80s R& b or whatever you want to classify this as to to really say anything but um, you know it 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 definitely it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it has anything special going on it, it seems like he is pandering um, in a pretty blatant way whereas stuff like um, you know purple rain was pretty groundbreaking for the time at least. You know, from what I've heard, you know, from similar stuff from that era. Period.
0: If your body needs water, keep on dancing because you ought to keep the blood flowing down to your feet. Brother Louis should be around a minute with a bucket filled with squirrel meat. The blood is real good if you drink it real fast, but the aftertaste just lasts and lasts. If you kiss somebody, you want to party all night. All right. Super funky califragicexy. sexy. <laughs>
1: You guys are funny as shit. I'm reading these lyrics. Hey, I-
0: I'm pretty sure these lyrics are about getting high on ecstasy and fucking. No, but I, I mean I get Chris. I get where you're coming from. It's it. There's definitely that 80s vibe. Um, I always and a lot of 80, uh Prince's big albums definitely sound that way. Uh, like 1999, Purple Rain still has a lot of that. Um, but I always felt that he was at least able to make it work better than other artists um and also to your point a lot of 80s r&b is really fucking bad like Bobby Womack was just producing hot trash in that era in like in an embarrassing display um yeah i guess this this has more of
2: more of a danger thing going on it does have more of an edge it it's not like this isn't something that you would hear at like you know 11:30 on the on the on the big like um you know soft uh, like a radio station in like Miami or some shit. No, they're not gonna play
0: uh, Cindy C, where he's just like, "Hey, Cindy, when are we gonna fuck on the radio?"
2: <laughs> I wonder if Cindy ever reached out to him and, and responded to that. A cease and desist,
0: perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I have to, I have to take one one callback. Uh, Bobby Womack did release The Poet in 1981, so he did have one good release in the 80s.
2: I only know Bobby Womack from, um, what song is it? Oh, yeah, Across 110th Street, the incredible uh, opening song in uh, Quentin Tarantino's underrated Jackie Brown. Um, I don't even think I knew he was a big producer um, before you mentioned that. I don't
0: know. I mean... Womack with Walmart, uh bravest man in the universe. His last album he put out before he died was, I think that was a good one. It's it's got a very modern production to it. Uh, I he was working with some modern people, and it it's it's a pretty cool album. But um, but yeah,
2: yeah. This is this album is Prince to a T. Like oh yes, if if everything that you've heard about Prince has like you know made your hair stand on edge and and your nipples hard, then uh black album is for you. <laughs> uh, well, I got a religion for you and it
0: is the Funk Bible let me tell you sir yes, this the is, Funk
2: Bible wow was, okay. it's
0: the other uh, some sometimes it was referred to as the Funk Bible um, I wouldn't necessarily call that I think George Clinton would be upset that he didn't write the Funk Bible oh. unless George Clinton wrote the Old Testament of the Funk Bible <laughs> alright is that a burn I don't know Gotta be. George Clinton is old <laughs> That that was yeah. really the. That's really where it, it landed land. That's as far as it
2: went. I have to. I have to before, <laughs> before we transition. I have to tell my favorite story about George Clinton, have- which is it's it's just the realest shit I've ever read, and it was it was about um, I, th- I think it's from his autobiography that came out a couple years ago, but it, it's he said something along the lines of um, talking about the early days of Funkadelic and how um their diet was mostly soul food and acid and like they all had indigestion because of that <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's so that's so George Clinton I fucking love it
0: <laughs> soul food and a- oh Jesus
2: Christ yeah like I've you know I've I've eaten acid maybe like a little under 10 times actually this app ab- that was one thing I was going to say this album is sort of like, a, like it, it, it made me think of my first acid trip where you're just like <laughs> What the fuck? My going?
1: first acid trip. Oh god.
2: Baby, oh yeah, baby's first acid trip. Um, <laughs> when when I saw Buckethead at a festival and had to leave because I was so disappointed in it. Um, Damn. Because all because he, he plays to a drum machine. I was I was expecting like you know it's you got Buckethead. He's you know people think he's a cool guitarist and shit, so he probably has a cool band. But no, it's just him doing fucking karate moves to a goddamn drum machine. It's the most boring shit I've ever seen, um, but yeah, this album is a fucking whirlwind. It will grab you by the dick and not let go um, until your forty-five minutes is up, um, and uh, and yeah.
0: <laughs> and we and we wrap up Jay Z's The Black Album, the only true black album, the only one that the one that was actually <laughs> formally called the Black Album.
1: Similar <laughs> so, to Jay.
0: T- Angela, tell us about it.
1: Okay. Damn, I don't even know what the fuck to say, man. Ah, uh, shit. First off, salute to my boy Jay Z, man. Salute to him and Beyonce on the run tour that seems to be selling out every fucking where. If you have never, if you haven't seen anyone on your timeline that posted something about them going to this concert, I feel bad for you. Your timeline is dry as hell. You don't have any real friends.
2: Jesus. I
1: wish, I wish Did either of you guys listen to the Joe Budden Joe Budden podcast by dance?
2: Negative. No.
1: Negative, okay. I, it's the only podcast I listen to outside of our own. Um, so Joe Joe always has his laptop and he always has like those sound effects that he plays on certain parts and then he, and when the, when he's going to do, because he knows people listen to him while he's at work. While, while they're at work, excuse me. And he'll always say, for those of you who are at work, apologies for um, all these gunshots that I'm about to send off. It just hits the gunshot button like 30 times. Like, that's, I feel that, like that's, that's
2: like- what we needed for the Prince one, was someone on a soundboard going like, boing, <laughs> <laughs> or like an like abooga, something like
0: that. Maybe splicing one tasteless miso horny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you yeah,
2: gotta funny do stuff. at least three or four. You can't, you can't <laughs> just drop one in there. And they yeah, gotta be funny, in rapid succession. right? Yeah, like a uh, like stuttering internet connection. <laughs> me, me 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 so horny.
1: <laughs> yeah, how funny that. So. Back to Jay Z. I believe this is his ninth studio album. Eighth. Am I correct in saying that? Eighth. Eighth. Excuse me. Eighth studio album. Um I, th- I believe this one is also a number one album from when it was released. I think all of his albums have gone number one when they've released. I believe all thirteen. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty confident in that. Um, All 13 of his albums have come out to number one on the Billboard the first weeks. Um, But this album has just some, just has natural classics on it. Uh, The thong, excuse me, not the thongs. The songs that that were. That was uh... Cisco. (laughs) Shut up,
2: Alex. (laughs) No, no, no. He was singing about that dong. No, that was Prince.
1: That's what Cisco sings about. Oh, yeah, shut up. Let me have my moment. (laughs) <laughs> so songs songs that I like outside of your normal hits, or I really enjoyed December Fourth, uh, Dirt off Your Shoulders, just a classic, and I really enjoyed Threat. I loved how it was like a narrative song, like you could have said like someone was just talking. This that's not the that's not the word I'm thinking of. Not narrative. I like how it was like that guy who was just talking in the beginning, and then he started rapping, and then he, the guy was just talking at the end again. Uh, it really connected to a recent song that Big Crit has. Um, that I feel like he probably took the concept of his song shit from this project. Uh, what's that shit called? That Big Crit song is called um, Big Bank. Uh, so if you, if any of you guys are Big Crit fans, Big Bank is probably one of my favorite Big Crit songs. Um, the, this album was very important. I feel like to the culture. Uh, it's very important in Jay Z's discography. Discography um it just has some great songs on it man i definitely the whole thing it's a classic out of all these projects this one is is a classic in comparison to either one of them well i guess metallica no i can't even say that because metallica is like one of the best-selling albums of all time um but fuck metallica i don't like them anyway (laughs) Uh, so jay-z jay-z had the best album of all three projects um that we listened to and yeah salute to the rock
0: this is um, also was Jay-Z's was supposed to be his retirement album. Uh, five albums later, haha! Ha jokes on you. Uh, right. It is a all landmark album, uh, often highly praised. It was one of the better selling albums of, uh, it was the 136th, Hundred and thirty sixth highest selling record of the decade, which I mean is no slouch considering it went up against a lot of other I mean, from two thousand to two thousand ten, that's that's a lot or, I mean Shania Twain, right? Right. Come on. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, um so yeah, it, it's a it's 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 a, it's a monster album. Uh, as T'Angelo mentioned, there are some huge singles on here uh, dirt Off Your Shoulder, and I am just, I'm kind of confused why you just didn't even mention 99 Problems. I mean, I know, because I, I, I said I didn't
1: want to just say the classics, I said they're, you know, they're just classics on it.
0: Right, so it's, it's I mean, obviously 99 Problems is a, a monster hit, it's, everyone's heard that song, everyone still says the tagline of, I got 99 Problems, but a bitch ain't one, or 99 well, Problems. Wait,
2: that's not the tagline? The tagline is "You crazy for this one?" <laughs> Shit, That's my favorite. This guy, You're crazy for this one, Rick. <laughs> the whole time that song was playing, that's what I was waiting for. And you, and you know that's <laughs> that's Rick Rubin he's referring to. Oh, of course. In the, in the in the music video, when you have Rick like just like sauntering down like a, a ruined city street. <laughs> With like with like that heavy beat in the background going with his with his obviously heavy stride.
0: Fucking Rick Rubin. Um so yeah, you have that. You got Change Clothes, which is just pure sex. December fourth I agree is fantastic. Uh I love my first song. That is such a such a great song. Uh I don't have really there's, there's there's no songs on this album I dislike. Um this was also a great era for Kanye West produ- producing uh, amazing yeah. stuff. He produced Encore and Lucifer, which if you know anything about Kanye, what Kanye West creates, uh, nothing about that is shocking, especially Lucifer that is quintessential Kanye West. Um, and then funny enough, Kanye West beat him for best rap album at the Grammys for the college dropout. So this was also, while Jay-Z put out this landmark album that was supposed to be his exit, then it was almost fitting Because Kanye West, who was a protege of Jay-Z, kind of jumped, jumped, uh, leapfrogged over him and beat him out. So it's like that almost perfect changing of the guard. And then Jay-Z couldn't help himself and then released Unfinished Business, which was the R. Kelly album he did with R. Kelly, which was not good. And then shortly after that, he released his collab album with Linkin Park, which was even worse. Wait, what? Oh, you didn't know about that? No. Yeah, Jay-Z has an album with Linkin Park. How is that not
2: on the Bad Albums episode? You didn't, you didn't know
1: that?
0: No. Collision Chorus. That, that album
1: is classic.
0: Oh my god. I mean, I'm not gonna say classic, but it's it's definitely a. album.
1: <laughs> that is not a bad album. You are not gonna say that's a bad album.
2: Oh my god, here goes. That ahead. is not a bad
1: album. You gotta be fucking kidding me.
0: <laughs> the Jay-Z... JC- <laughs>
1: Are you all saying it was a bad album?
0: This is the first time Chris has ever heard of it.
1: You really never heard of that album?
0: Nah.
2: Ah. I should should preface this by saying that for all three of these artists, probably. Prince, less so, because he's an older guy. But for Metallica and Jay-Z, this is the music that people who beat me up listen to. So, like, and, like, I would put Linkin Park in the same thing, like... You know, getting kicked in the in the stomach. While in the end is in the background, in the back of the school bus. That was my second grade experience. Oh my god! When oh, whatever f- that fucking album came
0: out, Chris, when the <laughs> film comes out for your life, that's gonna be a really heart wrenching scene. Oh my god! Yeah. Just you can. Yeah. Pull, wow. I tried so hard. Again.
2: There's gonna be like a there's gonna be a filter sweep where like you know, everything gets like really really low, and then all of a sudden here I am, I'm at the bottom. <laughs> um, I am so confused. That that being said, um, I, I will also, uh, you know, I was going to jokingly crown because I, I jokingly asked Alex. I said, "So you're calling this episode the biggest blackest album? So does that mean we're crowning a victor?" Um, and I was joking going to say this because it's the only album that's actually called the Black Album, and I believe it's the longest. Um, the, metali- metallica- the Metallica.
0: Metallica is longer.
2: Okay. Well, Metallica. That's right. So, but the Metallica one isn't a black album, so it's automatically out of the out of the standing, which leaves Jay Z uh, standing over everyone else. And um, I don't know. I've had a. I've a, my my hip hop experience uh, is, is basically the the band that T'Angelo has has banished from his ears uh, for the rest of his existence. What band is my, that? Uh, the Death Grips. Oh, f- how do you know I don't like the Death Grips? I've told him. Because he told me. Oh, yeah, like, fuck that. Yeah, he, he's like, yeah, Ryan, Ryan and Angela said that they're never going to review another Death Grips album again.
1: Fuck no. <laughs> fuck those guys, man. That shit's weird as shit. <laughs> I don't know I don't know who their music is made for.
2: Made for me. Um, oh, you're a
1: Death Grips fan? Oh, I love them. Oh, that explains so much about you, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, my yeah. God, that
1: explains so much.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, so Chris, what before you get into this uh, album? I mean, do you have any affinity for Jay Z history with Jay?
1: What does that mean
2: listen you can't deny the of, of of what uh schlocky yeah what do you mean um I don't know, what's a what's a good alternative to that Alex would you say corny corny yeah
1: got you okay um it
2: or it's it's like he's making a big deal about himself, and uh I don't know if it's coming off as Uh, or at least to me, I don't know if it's coming off as grandiose as he would like it to be. Um, But at the same time, it's like with the Prince album, you know, it's, it's like, this is what you're signing up for with Jay Z. Um, As an outsider, when I think of Jay Z, I think of, um, you know, classiness and, 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 and And I feel that this album delivers on that. I feel you. I feel you are crazy for this one, Rick. I mean, it's, it's, you can't, you can't deny. Um, yeah, and uh, you know the 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 catchiness of of you know what more can I say? For instance, like that's mm-hmm. a great song. You just you just can't argue whether or not you like uh, Jay Z or not.
0: Dude,
2: do you not like Do you not like Jay Z? No, I, this is the all three of these albums are very far from my from my sphere.
1: Mm, I feel but, you, but
2: but I will. But you know, like I was saying before, you know, and I was actually talking to. Uh, the friend I was just talking about and I was like you know I may I may give Jay-Z a second listen or or a second you know look over um, just because of the the positive experience that I did have listening to this album his most recent his
0: most recent one was actually really good 444 that was because he had some duds he had some duds after this one except for his collab with Kanye but but then he came out with that one that one's really really solid
2: yeah, that's that's what he was saying. He was saying that there's a difference between the um the ones that are Jay Z and the ones that are Sean Carter. And um, I'm at, at the very least, I'm curious to see exactly what the difference between those two are. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll I'll probably be checking out that album or one of the other albums where he's credited that way, just to see the difference.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah, he because he got a little too ridiculous after this one because. King, blueprint three magna carta kingdom come no, none of those are really remembered al- albums you know people remember <laughs> i
1: like magna carta i still like magna carta man people hated on magna carta but i i, I enjoyed it there's like th- i thought magna carta was good i
0: mean there's like three or four good songs i picasso is hilarious because it's ridiculous but it's a real it's got a really catchy production
2: why do uh people hate on it
0: it's just it. a lot of the a lot of people don't like because there's a lot of rough songs on there in my opinion there's a lot of songs on there that aren't that good, that good. Um, the singles are solid I will admit the singles are solid but beyond that it starts kind of falling apart Um, it also came out around the same time as Yeezus came out and I think it was just sort of a weird sure. disparage between where those two guys went where Jay-Z kind of felt like he was stuck in Nineteen ninety nine, he was kind of he was in he wasn't really treading new ground in uh, Kanye West was producing like some of the most violent uh, pop rap you could produce like that was the album where he was pretty blatantly ripping off Death Grips on a couple songs. Oh yeah, I was just gonna
2: say really. Oh
0: yeah, Black yeah. Black Skinhead and uh, I forget what the opener was called, but like there's definitely some song. There's one of the songs on Yeezus that's almost om- that to me very much sounds like Death Grips is Black Dice.
1: Now that you say that, I can. I, I feel that.
2: I, I really I doubt that. That you would have a Jesus or a Life of Pablo without Death Grips. Or, or you, I mean, or it would be whoa, whoa, whoa! Why Life of Pablo? Because it's, I, it's just as, uh, you know, exp- it has the experimental avant-garde thing going on.
1: Get the fuck out
0: of here, My man!
2: <laughs>
0: oh.
1: <Fuck> out of here! <laughs>
2: no, I, I feel like you on
1: Jesus. That Jesus, uh, I never would have thought that. But when you said it, I was like, okay. Like if you listen That's fair, that's a fair statement. If you listen But yeah. Life of Pablo?
0: So I This here's, here, here's where I, I I agree to an extent. So if you listen to Death Grips' first release, X military, not not counting the E P, but if you listen to Ex Military, which was their most rap centric release, and you listen to that, two years later Yeezus comes out, you're like, This timeline makes perfect sense like oh, yeah. th- those two con- the th- those two connect would, really really strongly
2: i would say jesus is to ex military as freak out is to sergeant pepper you know it's it's the it's the release that sneaks out a little bit before the zeitgeist um, you know it's it's more of an underground thing but it influences everything above it
0: right exactly um and then life apollo reminds me a lot of one of the albums we never made you listen to but uh, uh n word on the moon yeah um, is what was when their Death Grips is releases, and if you listen to that, then you listen to some of like the really unhinged parts of Life of Pablo. You're like, "Yep, this makes perfect sense again." Mm. So you've been you've been sleeping, T. Angelo. That's
2: what we're saying. I,
1: I, I don't fuck with your boy Death Grips, man. <laughs> you motherfucker's wild. I ain't fucking with that shit. I done, I done listened I not listen to two of them joints already. That's enough.
2: I think
0: listened to that what was shit. The, no more. He, he listened what to, was the uh, other? one? He listened to Money Store and Bottomless Pit.
2: Oh, okay. I thought it was ex-military
0: in uh, in Money Store. No, um, he was supposed to listen. A... to nah! he, was, he was supposed to listen to Jenny Death, <laughs> and then he heard Money Store.
2: <laughs> an accident. Bottomless Pit's got some bangers on it, he... as the kids say. As the kid, how how the fuck old are you, man? I'm 45.
0: No, you're not.
1: Oh. I was about to say you old as fuck.
0: <laughs> 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 ah! My
1: guy said, it. I'm 45. <laughs> but
2: it's, it's all about the delivery, man. <laughs>
1: I said, Ain't no way this motherfucker 45, man. Ain't no way. <laughs> oh, shit. So you a cool 39. <laughs>
2: I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm 39 soaking wet.
1: <laughs> oh, oh shit. So you funny as hell. So you like 33 or some shit? No, I'm 27. Oh, shit. Really? Cool. How are you going to say at a kid saying you're only 20 fucking 7?
2: Because I feel like I'm 50. <laughs> fuck. Most of the time that's it's a, scary, most of that's the a time scary, scary place of, to I, be, I, my guy. <laughs> I listen to jazz music and I don't drink. I live a tortured existence.
1: Hey, <laughs> 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 nothing wrong with no jazz music. The fact that you don't drink is impressive, but interesting. Especially, <laughs> especially at that age. I feel like people start drinking more.
2: It, oh, yeah, that's why. i <laughs> going to college, living in the dorms. I was like, fuck this. This is so
0: stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I ain't mad at you.
0: I mean, most of the time when I Chris and I mad. talk, it's like, hey, have you heard this obscure 70s release? Yes, I have. Have you listened to this obscure 70s release? No, I haven't. <laughs> it is like two, yes, it's like two old grumpy that. men in a record store fighting with each other, trying to one-up them for obscure random German releases. Oh, yeah. It's, it's tragic. But, fortunately... The black album will never have that status. It is going to be a. It's a. Yeah. It's sort of a legendary album in my eyes. Uh, I think you were going to talk like.
2: I would agree. Quintes- no, I would. I would definitely. I would say it's like the the Metallica one. It's like That's, you can't deny the impact that this has had on on popular music. Oh, absolutely, basically.
1: It, basically, it, I
0: think it, it it obviously set a trend. Um, I think when you're talking like quintessential rap albums, this is this falls into that the the line of albums you would say like if you're kind of exploring rap you're trying to get into it this is like one of those five or ten albums like oh these are the first ones you listen to um it's got a nice wild diverse production compared to some other to some other albums where like each song's its own unique thing um everything mm-hmm. feels very fresh each song has its own it it it, it bounces between from almost ballad from change your clothes to pure jay-z braggadasio with 99 problems and dirt off your shoulder um it's like it's just it's such a wide-ranging but perfect sample platter for you to 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 taste from and then from there it it allows you to go like oh i like this song i like this song cool you're gonna listen to this next like i like 99 problems cool you're gonna we're gonna give you run the jewels next or i like change clothes all right we're gonna we're gonna give you something a little bit smoother a little bit nicer maybe that first frank ocean release you know you could it, it gives it's a it's a gateway
2: to um to, before I forget, two other things that I wanted to say is one, the the um the 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 face-off reference was very welcomed by by yours truly. That was that was pleasant to hear. Um, and uh Lucifer, which I didn't know was made by Kanye West, but uh I I can kinda see that now, which uh, I like that track because it's built on a sample um, of this really, really good uh reggae song. Um that's featured on the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas soundtrack, Chase
0: the um, Devil. which I think
2: uh disco devil oh um is the name of the song um and I think that came out a year after this, so and uh i, I you know it's not like a um a, a hugely popular song or anything like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if this um this album and that track had something to do with that getting on there
0: definitely. So Chris, you said before that you would recommend you or you would crown Jay Z's The Black album the biggest blackest album, right? I, w- I would. T'Angelo, biggest blackest album. Oh, Jay Z. Absolutely. There, I feel like there's no other. I, there's no other option to pick. Obviously, Metallica's Black album uh, sold mo- like three times, three four times as many albums. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like. It's it's weight it's it's weight in musical history is a little lost versus just its pure album sales. Where I think you look at Jay Z's Black album and I feel like there's it's a little bit clearer. Um, I just and maybe this my own personal bias. I just feel like this is a more sound solid album overall. That's at the moment hasn't aged itself out. Where I feel like there's moments of Metallica's Black album like ooh feels feels a little old. And then Prince's Black album has a little bit – it's more of a curiosity than anything. It's it's definitely not his best by any means. It's more of just like a – this is this is a weird album you, you make people listen to for a podcast yeah, for this fun. This is also a black album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. So, um, Chris, what have you been listening to lately before we wrap up?
2: Uh, I'm going to try and get through these as quickly as I can. I got a few because it's been a minute um, since we recorded. Uh, first off, um, a cool compilation that I was tipped off to because of the Kanye West single that just got released. Um, I hate Kanye West. However, uh, like Donald Trump, I have to click on every fucking article that he's mentioned in. Um, and I guess there's a song that he samples in this, in this last one that comes from a compilation called Personal Space, Electronic Soul, 1974 to 1984. Um, very cool album. Um, A lot of uh, interesting sounds. I don't know if Electronic Soul is the best way to describe it, but it certainly is electronic. Um, Coming up after that, we got uh, Kaja Bonet. The album is called Child Queen. Um, It was something that I found on the King Gizzard Reddit. Uh, Someone said that it sounded like um, Sketches of Brunswick East, which was um, tied for first with my album of the year last year. Um, I wouldn't say that that is the uh, most apt comparison but it's a very cool uh poppy loungy album uh so i would highly recommend that and then we also got uh i listened to a robert Fripp album recently called blessing of tears uh this is one of his soundscape albums which i've really never been a fan of because it sounds a little bit more uh digital than some of his Frippertronics stuff um however <laughs> Frippertronics. oh yeah man if you think it's funny you should see him play it's just him looking like a geek, uh, and um, that's a cool album. It's uh, very mournful soundscapes dedicated to his mother. Uh, another one: uh, Tony Allen's "The Source." Tony Allen being uh, the incredible drummer of Fela Uh The mm. album is sort of a. It came out on Blue Note, which is a uh, you know one of the uh, vanguards of, of jazz music since it originated. Um, and the sound I would describe is sort of a mix of the two. It it sort of sounds like a classic jazz album with um, Afrobeat flourishes, so definitely check that out. And then lastly, uh, I don't know why I decided to look at this, but um, I checked out some of Alice Coltrane's later albums, um, and I found this one called Turia Sings. Um, It may be a little difficult for prospective listeners to get their hands on it legally because it was... Uh, released on cassette only when she was part of uh, an ashram, which is uh, like an Indian um, religious group. And um, it's all uh, Hindu devotional songs um, played on synthesizer. Uh, it came out in 1982, so that'll give you sort of an idea of what it sounds like. And uh, it sort of sounds like something that like a vaporwave artist would source, but um, it doesn't have the plasticity. Uh, it has that realness, um, from you know, Alice playing and, and singing and shit. So those are my those are my things that I've been listening to.
0: D'Angelo, what have you been listening to?
1: <laughs> my guy just described so much and I, I thought he was just gonna say what albums he's been listening to. My you guy know, got it there, cleared the, the, got all off. that shit. I was like, Golly, man going know. crazy, but I feel you. I feel you, man.
2: I'm crazy I hate this one.
1: Okay, you funny.
2: <laughs> I had to get one more in. Uh,
1: I, I definitely have a couple albums that I would like to recommend. Um, let me... I have to go straight to the shit to find out what the name of the albums are. Um, has anybody heard that Moo song that's been going viral?
2: I've read about it.
1: Yes. Uh, her name her name is uh, Doja Cat. Um, that song is viral, but like, she's actually an excellent singer. Um, her her project that's out right now is called Amala. Um, it's really good. Her, again, her name is Doja Cat. Uh, she's technically viral right now just because of that song, but her her actual music is is excellent. I really I really enjoyed her music, so check out Doja Cat. Uh, Trippy Red finally put out his uh, debut project, Life's a Trip. Um, I like it more than a lot of the projects that have come out this past weekend that everybody's been raving about. I put it I put "Life's a Trip" over the Travis Scott album. I put Are
2: it over the Iggy album. They, saw that they have like a similar, like golden face in the album cover. Are those two like related? Do they share collaborators or something? Tri- Trippy Red and uh, Travis Scott. Yeah, uh,
1: they did a song together that that did really well. Uh, that song is called "Dark Knight uh, Dark Knight Demo. Uh, but like. Like sound wise, I wouldn't compare them. Like Trippy Red, like sings and Travis Scott uses more auto-tune. Okay. Um, but I definitely recommend uh Trippy Red's debut album, Life's a Trip. I, I-, I really enjoyed that project. I've listened to it at least three times at this point. I just really enjoy the project as a whole. Uh Nicki Minaj's Queen album is decent. Um, I wouldn't really I would give I definitely recommend listening to it. Um, just to see what the type of music that she's coming out with now. Cause it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, it was good. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about the Mac Miller project. I haven't actually gotten to it yet. Uh, Travis Scott's, uh, latest project, uh, World, was, it was good. I think extremely overhyped. I think the hype got to me way too hard. I, I had, a, I started to develop huge expectations for this project uh, it didn't, it didn't meet, it didn't meet, to be honest with you. It's about 17, 18 songs. I only liked like three or four of them, like that. I, that I wanted to keep listening to. i um, not a huge fan of the project. Uh, YG's project. Oh man. Stay dangerous. I enjoyed the shit out of this album. People say it doesn't sound like what his old stuff sounds like, but I like this shit. So again, YG stay dangerous. I definitely recommend listening to that project. Uh, he did a thing on the project. It's, it's, it's just fun. Just a fun project. Uh, for those of you, I guess you could say who like alternative rap, uh, check out, uh, Denzel Curry. Um, he just dropped his project, uh, TA 1300. Uh, really good. He has this one song called Cloud Cobain that I really enjoy. Um, yeah. So check out Denzel Curry. Um, Davey's project was a flop to me. Just, it just wasn't good. Uh, I'm so glad Ryan's not on to hear me say this. Uh, G Herbo's Swervo <laughs> was ass, absolutely ass. I was so disappointed, so disappointed. Um, and I'd like to blame the production side from Southside. He didn't, he didn't do any of his storytelling. Uh, just, he just didn't do what Herbo is known for. Like it was a trap album. G Herbo is not a trap artist. In my mind, um, it was, I was just extremely disappointed, extremely disappointed. Um, so I definitely don't recommend it. Um, a project that I was really surprised that I really did enjoy was um, Hoodrich Pablo One. He put out um, Hood Wolf Two. Uh, it's, uh, it's a collaboration project of Hoodrich Pablo One and Danny Wolf on the production side. Uh, it actually, I'm not a huge Hoodrich Pablo One uh, listener. But this project definitely uh, surprised me. I was very impressed. And the last project that I say, if you haven't listened to it, fuck everything I said and go listen to this project now. Uh, The artist, he was formerly signed to Pharrell. His name is Buddy. Um, He dropped his um, album Harlan and Adandra. Absolutely amazing project. Uh, He's been bubbling for a while. I've been following his music for at least three years now. Um but this project really shows the skill and abilities
0: that he has as a rapper and singer. Awesome. So
1: again, awesome. I so I definitely recommend checking out Buddy.
0: All right. All right. So few I'm gonna try and go through a few real quick. Um first one was the new album by ASAP Rocky. Uh I had listened to it long last ASAP a few years ago when that came out and I hated it. I just thought it was just complete wretched garbage. Uh so I came into this one a little apprehensive, but I heard some good things about it. Uh, he basically recreates that really popular Moby song, and so the, like, the, ooh, in a travel so hard, and he raps over it, <laughs> and I was fucking confused, but I loved it. This was a little bit of a stronger release for me, a little bit more coherent. Uh, one of my favorite- Man, I just- What?
1: I disagree heavily, I, but continue. I,
0: you know, it was still kind of disorienting, kind of bizarre, kind of all over the map as, uh, as you know, this being only the second ASAP Rocky album I have listened to. Third of the ASAP crew, the other one being Trap Lord by ASAP Ferg, which also felt kind of disorienting and bizarre, but I think that's maybe the strength of the ASAP crew is slightly... So wait, wait, there are multiple ASAPs? There are many ASAPs. Yeah, ASAP no Mob. ASAP no Mob. yeah.
1: It's a mob, and they, they are a pretty dope group.
0: So they, I guess when they are creating their, when they're play with, with their music to drink lean to um, and get disoriented <laughs> on benzos is kind of how I feel about it. Um,
2: that's That might be the lamest thing I've ever heard you say, hearing you say drink lean. <laughs> Just sounds <laughs> so, so fucking cornbread.
0: <laughs> it was, and I apologize, but... No, it was great. It's... <laughs> but it's it's got that sort of like you're you're in a in a opiate or benzo haze and that's the kind of music that's like what this music sounds like to me. Um but I like testing. I thought it was a good album. Uh I would recommend it. Uh I haven't really commented on it yet, but um Everything Is Love by Beyoncé and Jay-Z. I listened to this one like when it, when it first came out. Um couple good songs, but overall was kind of lukewarm on it, but I I think it the the process of it was probably more important than the end result of you know helping rebuild the the relationship of beyonce and jay-z i hope they do more albums together because i think there was a lot of potential um were they on the rocks well they yeah that's that's what that's what lemonade was all about and then that's partly what 444 is all about is them working on their shit and so they got this album um the Ghost is on it T'Angelo knows how I feel about Migos at this point. Uh, They are a fucking train wreck of bad choices. Um, Salute to Migos! No, we don't need to do that. But you had songs like Ape Shit and Love Happy and Black Effect, which are good. But overall, I mean, 40 minutes, whatever. It's fine. But I wasn't huge on it. Um, Chris, you're going to be kind of surprised by this one. Only within this week I listened to Billy Cobham's Spectrum. Never listened to it before. Um, but really, really dug it. Uh, though it was depressing because as an amateur drummer, I listened to this album and I realized that I will never be as good of a drummer as him, even if I lived nice. three lifetimes. He's a fucking he's got those paradiddles down. His hard, paradiddles dude. are fucking ferocious. This is, <laughs> but this is. I, I will give credit to this album because it's probably the most accessible jazz fusion I've ever heard. Um, it is pretty wild, but at all times, this album felt like I could play this for someone who's not into jazz fusion and they would like it, as opposed to like. Some like deep weather report shit where they're like, "Oh fuck, oh, yeah. this is going on forever." Like
2: that that title track when that flute comes in, man, it just feels like you're fucking suntanning. It's beautiful, right? Fucking loving.
0: Um, couple more. One, uh, the only band of this genre I listen to, the black metal genre, uh, Def Heaven, put out their re- most recent album, "Ordinary Corrupt Human Love." Uh, I. Th- it was definitely a weird album uh in the sense that there's still some of those classic deaf heaven songs which are just thrashy and violent and brutal uh but they kind of went to some other territories definitely some mellower tracks which i welcomed because my worry after listening to uh oh, i forget searching for bermuda or whatever the last album was was that i was going i was going to get worn out in the same like 8 minute session of dreary uh post-rock guitars and a man screaming incoherently. Um, there's moments where the singer actually sings and is not just doing his trickiness. Um, not my favorite. Sunbather is still infinitely better, but Sunbather is sort of a lightning-in-a-bottle kind of album for me. Uh, but it, it's, still, it's still a good album. It's still worth a listen. in um, another 2018 release, uh, Florence and the Machine's Highest Hope. Definitely a mellower album by her, but I there's not a Florence album I've heard that I've disliked. Um, you could argue that maybe she kind of falls into the same kind of style of music over and over and over again, that her variety is a little limited, but it's still a good album. It's got, it's mellower definitely compared to her, her last release. Uh, but I still had a good time with it. It's still Florence. And if you like Florence, you'll like this one. Um, two more real quick. One was an album. I was talking to Chris about this one. Uh, black noise by FM is a prog a prog album from 1977. Uh, this, to me, is an amazing album because it shows what prog rock could have done when it went to the 80s, gotten very futuristic with some really wild synthesizer sounds, but prog rock didn't do that. Um, a
2: lot of which are actually the, the violin, which is the crazy part. Oh, really?
0: It's just like heavily yeah. d- distorted and affected? Yeah. So I stand corrected. Um, but it's got this really futuristic sound, which makes me think it's it, it would have been a perfect way for prog rock to go. Instead, it turned into a giant steaming pile of shit. And the genre was pretty much dead by the by the early eighties, more or less. Now,
2: now we're all loners of a lonely heart.
0: <laughs> Fuck you for that, but that was beautiful. <laughs> I would highly recommend Black Noise uh, FM by Black Noise. And finally, the, I listened to this one earlier in the week, um, and I loved it. Uh, it's the band is called Kanono Number no. One. They're from Africa, and the band is called Congatronics. It's a lot of I, I, my understanding is it's African hand drums but highly distorted and, elect- and sort of electronified so what th- what
2: no i I've, I've just i've had there's this one I've, I've been like looking for an album like that for a while because there's this one drum that uh a friend of mine plays uh that's a, it's an african frame drum i've always thought that it sort of sounds like like an electronic um Type of like uh, synthesized um, like snare drum type thing, and so I'm I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, uh, that sounds like it's right at my album The hour. album
0: is called Congotronics. Uh, you can find the whole album on YouTube. I discovered it, uh, but I found, I um, I'm gonna probably buy this one. Uh, it's re it's really really cool. It feels kind of improv. It just improvised like some people sitting in a circle playing, and then some production work was done to make it sound kind of synthetic. Uh, really really good album. Highly recommend it. Um it's off phone. I just I
2: just jumped 5 minutes in this is great right. I fucking love this it, it reminds me a lot of um uh, Nyloxica. Yes remember those guys yes, I, yeah I remember
0: that Nilo- so uh I would really really recommend this album it's, it's a really really good album um came out in 2000 uh I think 2004 but it's it's really, I would strongly recommend it. At 50 minutes, it, and maybe at the end, if you're not into this kind of music, it'll feel a little long in the tooth, but I think it's really, really worth your time. But that's mm. what I got going on recently. Uh, Chris, T'Angelo, thanks for uh, celebrating episode 100 in a absurd, ridiculous way. Um, <laughs> welcome to the uh for those for those listening thanks for uh sticking with us listening to us sorry for the long uh downtime this year but we are back it's riffandrock.com and and we will be producing more nonsense for the for the for the foreseeable future
1: for the masses we got the masses
0: and we got gonna stick it to the asses
1: <laughs> he's funny as hell